Welcome to the Primal Pioneer, a no-nonsense podcast teaching you how to rewild your life and heal your body using nature's medicine kit. I'm your host, Heather Shepard, classical homeopath, author of The Sunlight Rx, and alternative healer. For the past decade, I've been helping people overcome acute and chronic health disorders and brain injuries using a 100% natural approach. Enjoy this episode and subscribe to this podcast to stay informed about your body, your health, and how to lead the healthiest life possible, even amidst our crazy modern world. Hey everyone, welcome back. Today, I actually want to talk about two really important topics. And um, one is a topic that we're becoming more and more aware of. I'm sure you've been seeing it more. It's all over social media. People are becoming more aware of it because it's happening all the time. It's literally happening um, daily now that people are having sudden deaths, particularly cardiac events. And these aren't just in older people. These are in very young people also. The spectrum is is, is large and wide. Older people, famous people, athletes, young people, middle-aged people. And um, there's a strong link, and I'm sure many of you have heard this. And if not, hopefully this episode will bring more light to this subject. But There have been more cardiac events like this in people who have been jabbed. And I'm gonna talk about my cautions and concerns around this issue, what you can do about it if you have been jabbed and you're like, ah, shit, why did I do that? Now what am I gonna do? I'm doomed. Listen, we can take some proactive measures to try and prevent and reverse the effects of this thing. I'm gonna help many people do this. Um, So that's one topic I'm going to talk about today. And the other topic I'm going to talk about today is around colonoscopies. Um, I am not a fan. And some recent events have, uh, personal events have come to my attention in my family circle of somebody undergoing a colonoscopy and having some really significant side effects. Many of my clients over the years have, who have had colonoscopies have had significant side effects. Um, and so I thought it was very timely to bring in this subject for that reason and to bring more awareness around this. We're taught that, hey, get a colonoscopy. It's preventative medicine. If you don't do this, you're not taking care of your body. It's unwise. It's um, not smart to, you know, not have a colonoscopy to check and see the state of your colon, if there's polyps, etc. It's total horse crap. And I'm going to talk about this today. It does far more damage than good. Now, before I go there, I want to encourage those of you who have yet to take a listen to the last, uh, to last week's podcast on avian bird flu to tune into that episode when you get the chance, because it's going to explain why we're seeing a chicken and egg shortage and what you can do about it. Um, Our food system, particularly, the control around it, it's tightening. They've been doing this for years in their own ways, but 
they're really tightening our food system and um, they're really trying to control us through our food system and they're taking measures to do it. I mean, even just what, a week or two ago, they, they the Biden administration started talking about how gas stoves are dangerous and um, everybody should get rid of them and replace them with electric stoves. Do you wanna know why they tell you that gas stoves are dangerous? They tell you gas stoves are dangerous because you don't need the government to fill up your propane tank. All you need is a propane company and you have a gas stove. And so they're taking measures to control our food system. I wouldn't cook on an electric stove if it was the last thing available. I would make a fire outside or, or in my fireplace and cook on top of that before I use an electric stove. Um, because there's a lot of reasons for this, but um, you know, the flavor is different, the temperature, the food's different, it's harder to cook, but hey, you're hooked up to the grid when you use an electric stove and that's the direction they want you to go in. So they're tightening their, their chokehold around our food system. And um, now is a super important time to be more proactive around your food choices. Um, and this includes things like, hey, if you thought about getting your own chicken flock and raising your own chickens, now is the time. Now is the time to raise your chickens, raise your animals, plant your vegetables, and to start homesteading or, or just simply start learning more in depth about where your food comes from. If you live in a 12 story apartment in New York City, you're probably not gonna be able to have a chicken flock, but you can take measures to learn more about where your food is coming from. And now is the perfect time because now they're starting to vaccinate our farm animals, our chickens, et cetera, with the mRNA vaccination, which is exactly the, the sim, very similar to the C19V. And um, we don't want that shit in our body. And we can take measures to prevent this from coming into our body. Is it gonna take more effort? Yeah, sure. Is it worth it? Hell yes, it's worth it. And you know, so we can take measures to eat pure foods and avoid animals that have been vaccinated. But like I said, it's going to take some effort and work to do so. You can do it. I can do it. We can do it. And they think they're coming for us, but I always say we're coming for them. <laughs> they, they think they're coming for us. I got news for you. We're coming for you because we're going to raise our own animals. We're going to be self-sustainable. Um, we are going to remember how to live off the land, how to live in community. And a lot of people are like, they go to, oh shit mode, what do I do? I'm doomed, you know, everything's going down the drains. It's like, for some people, it will go in that direction. For other people who wanna be self-sufficient and really want to have a desire to be healthy, raise their own animals, be, um, have more awareness around their foods, this, this is the time. And um, we can refuse their jab and we can refuse the food that they want us to eat by raising our own animals and spreading the message to our local farmers. Let's say you don't have 
um, several acres for pasture for cows or pigs or, or other animals, then get to know your local farmers. Tell them you do not want your food to be sprayed. Tell them you do not want the animals to be vaccinated. And if you vaccinate, I'm not going to buy for you from you. And I'll actually pay you more to not vaccinate your animals. I would say this to a farmer. I would say, I would call up my farmer that I work with. Boom, boom, boom. Hey, Timothy, you vaccinate your cows? No, good. I'm going to pay you you know, a few bucks more for not vaccinating. Thank you so much. And by the way, Tammy down the road, she wants some, some ground beef too. She wants some beef bones and she doesn't want them for vaccinated cows either. She's going to pay you a few bucks more also. This is how we do it. We have to start a community. We have to start um, educating the farmers also as to why we don't want it. We don't want it in our body. It's unhealthy. I know I mentioned this last episode, because they tell us, and I, I don't, I want to keep mentioning these things because I don't, I want us to keep gaining momentum um, with you, with the listeners here, with your communities to start being more proactive, more self-sufficient. That's how you win against these guys. That's exactly how you win. Because they tell us by 2030 that they, they say, we'll own nothing. You will own nothing by 2030. And I'm here to say that by 2030, I'm going to own a lot of things. I'm going to be self-sufficient through my farm and community, and you can be too. But start right now. Don't wait till 2030 when they tell you you can't get a mortgage unless you've been jabbed, unless you buy into this food, their food system. You know, don't wait for that. Start now. Okay, that was that was my pep talk on homesteading and being self-sufficient. Now, I also want to mention that um, in my homeopathic practice right now, I'm accepting new clients. And um, homeopathy, for those of you who are unaware of this medicine, is a super effective way to start chipping away at root causes of illness. I'm going to talk about how it can help to offset side effects of the V. I'm going to talk about um, other aspects of homeopathy that are absolutely brilliant when it comes to restoring our health. And um, it has this unique ability to remove root causes of our health struggles. That's a word that's thrown around so much today. It drives me absolutely insane when somebody says, take this B vitamin to re remove the root cause of your nutritional deficiency. That is not the root cause. It's not the root cause. It's not the reason you have a SNP. It's not the reason you have MTHFR. It's not the reason you have cancer. Root causes of our health struggles stem from genetic predisposition, trauma, uh, grief that we, we can't move through, that we can't feel. Um, and it's also caused by the side effects of suppressive therapies, the vaxes, the antibiotics, the prescription drugs. And... It's astounding, even after a decade uh, plus of practicing this medicine, it continues to blow my mind every single day. The, the, the efficacy and the ability that this medicine has to um, pull these root causes up 
and out from the body. So if you're interested in working with me, I'm accepting new clients. Go to my site, heathershepherd.com, H-E-A-T-H-A-R-S-H-E-P-A-R-D.com backslash healing, or just go to the homeopathy page and you can sign up for an initial session. Once you do so, I'm going to reach out to schedule your session. I don't have one of those calendar things. You can sign up and pick your time. Why? Because time um, is really, <laughs> you never know what's going to happen on the farm. And so it can, my schedule can shift day to day. So that's how I, that's how I work. Let's start by talking about sudden death, particularly sudden cardiac events and death uh, that have unarbitrarily skyrocketed since the C19 jab has been introduced. Now, we've seen these events in famous people. We've seen it occur in seniors. We've seen it in adults and we've seen it in athletes. Every single day when I open up and read uh whenever I go on Instagram or someone's there's some post of a news article that a young kid has died from a sudden cardiac event, that an athlete has died, that a famous person has just dropped dead in their house. And it's like, what is going on here? Okay, here's what's going on. The Moderna and, and Pfizer vaccine actually do come with a warning. Now they don't tell you the warning, of course, but um, there's a quote unquote suggested increased risk of pericarditis and myocarditis following the V. Suggested. Just forget suggested because it's happening right now and today. And we actually have autopsies of proven cases of this happening. It's such a bummer. It's so not okay. It's just really not okay. And I'm going to throw a few numbers your way of sudden, sudden cardiac events. Um, and I'm going to particularly go with the athletes because this has been well documented before and after the jab. So before the, the jab um, in the EU, the soccer and rugby league had an average of about 29 cardiac arrest cases per year. Okay. Before the jab. Now, I'm saying this number alone, that's not okay. And that's that's too high to me. And I suspect that it's driven by genetic predisposition and um, you know, there's gonna be some other factors in there, but I'm, genetic predisposition is gonna play a huge role. And um, the more we don't take personal responsibility to heal our own body and then we birth children, well, then they get they suffer the consequences as well. And this is why, Every year, the children become weaker, their constitutions are weaker, because this saga goes on and on and on until we're going to basically just move towards extinction, unless we take personal responsibility for our health, which I know if you're listening to this podcast, you are on board for that, and that you're doing that, and you're doing proactive things. Many people aren't doing proactive things for their health or they're under the impression that, that maybe they are, but you know, the information isn't readily available on what you can do to pro, you have to search, you have to really dig deep in order to, to figure out, hey, what can I do to proactively um, support my health? Now, um, so the 29 cardiac events in the EU, in the athletes there, um, that number is too high to me, I want it to be zero. You know, unless like sometimes we have these events um, 
in lacrosse players or football players who get hit right in the chest, like boom, smack right in the heart. Like the ball hits in there in the cross, or if, if somebody goes down, there's a tackle, maybe the helmet goes right into the heart. That kind of a blow, man, that's intense. And that is the only reason why we should see a sudden cardiac event in a player like that. That's not what we're seeing today. So now, um, after the C19 jab, what are we seeing? So in the EU and uh, the soccer and rugby leagues over there, there has been, um, get this number, 1,598 reported cases of sudden cardiac events in these athletes, two thirds of which have been fatal uh, cardiac arrest. This is not okay. That much of an increase we have to pay attention to. There has to be an environmental trigger with this. I'm not a mathematician, but I want to say that's a really big increase, like thousands of percent increase. So, um, you know, I personally suspect that the increase rollout of 5G and satellites in the, um, in the sky, if you don't, if you really want to know what's going on with the satellites in the sky, follow, I, I can't say follow because this dude isn't even on social media. Sign up for his newsletter because he does do that. Arthur Furstenberg, he is an absolute, uh, <laughs> he's balls to the wall when it comes to EMFs, cell phone radiation, effects of satellites. This dude has researched it more than anybody I know. His book, The Invisible Rainbow, will change your life and will scare the shit out of you, but um, it will it's an eye-opener. Um, I can't off the top of my head um, remember his website, but just Google his name and it should come up. But he does a lot of work and research on satellites, 5G, cell phone radiation, their detrimental effects, et cetera. It's worth knowing. Anyone who doubts it, they're like, ah, no, the cell phone sitting on my lap isn't going to cause my testicle to get cancer in it. Yeah, it is. This guy does an amazing job of pointing out the research behind it. So, but I, I actually suspect that the increased rollout of 5G and satellites also play a role in these sudden cardiac events. And um, I believe that the nanotechnology in all of these things, the 5G, the satellites, the jab, interact with each other and in not so nice ways for the human physiology. Um, if that's a little too conspiracy theorist for you, well, you know, then stick to the statistics uh, of the rugby players, which clearly point to increased cardiac events since the jab. Why so strong in athletes? So um, as an ex-athlete, personally, I am well aware of the adrenaline rushes that come as an athlete um, when you... Well, I played basketball mostly. So when you, um, you know, steal a ball, you high five your teammate, you sink a three pointer. It's like the adrenaline rush is real. It's, it's very much there. Um, and so the, the system is literally flooded with all the adrenaline hormones. They, they get blasted into the bloodstream when you're pumped up and, jacked up on adrenaline and when you're in the middle of a game 
this added stress, I suspect, puts the heart over the edge. And so these athletes just simply cannot handle all of the stress hormones, all of the adrenaline hormones that are, that are in the bloodstream on top of the um, heart compromising effects of the jab. It is not a good combination. So um, if you've been vaxxed, what do you do? Do you not exercise? Do you like, you know, no, it's not like, no, we don't want to do these things. Manage your stress though. Okay. Manage your stress. And you can take a preventative role or approach to try and offset these effects. The sunlight RX, homeopathy, increase your nature time. Don't get boosted for the love of God. Don't. And um, I have helped and continue to help a lot of people who've been poked um, recover and the road is gradual, but there are ways you can start detoxing, removing this stuff from your immune system. And so homeopathy is the main modality that I use to help address this issue. So we are seeing these events. We're seeing them increase. If you or your child has had the poke, the answer is not to stop living. The answer is take some preventative uh, or I should say, take some proactive measures to help get this crap out of your system. And um, homeopathy is an amazing way to start to do so. Um, let's shift gears here. And I wanna talk about the wonderful land of colonoscopies. Um, now, I have so much to say about this topic. I am so not a fan. This procedure makes me want to pull my hair out when somebody says they want to do this. If you do it, it's your choice. I respect everybody's choice, but I want you to know the facts before going into this procedure so you can make a decision that works for you. The medical system and all the literature you read on colonoscopies that they publish push you in the direction of get screened, do the test, repeat the test every three to five years. This is ingrained. So this is another medical scam of the century. Go figure. And um, if you're like, well, what do I do instead, Heather? Like, what's the what's the alternative? I'm going to talk about that at the end of the episode. So, um, but this test is portrayed to us as quote unquote preventative medicine. It's the only way that they say to catch or detect and prevent colon cancer. Absolutely inaccurate. Um, and I want to say, just like I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, that that this part of the episode is actually inspired by a close family member who just had a colonoscopy and suffered intense side effects that could have been fatal. It could have went south if we didn't intervene homeopathically. We had to really intervene to stop the bleeding. I'm going to say, I'll tell you the story here in a second. But so this person went in for the procedure, the screening. And it was the second time getting the getting a colonoscopy. The first time they found polyps, um, they they snipped them out, took them away for biopsy. Right. Well, I'll talk about my issues with biopsy here in a minute. But 
So um, then the person, the doctor said, ah, you had polyps, so now come back in three years. We got to keep an eye on this. We can't let it get out of control. Back in he goes. Um, and so they go in. Oh, and um, they found more polyps. There they are, back again. God, good thing he came in. Thank God he came in. Goes home. And um, less than 24 hours after the procedure, starts having frequent stool and passing blood in the stool. Several bowel movements with a cup to a cup and a half of blood with each stool. A menstruating woman does not bleed near that much. This is a lot of blood. That's not a good amount of blood to pass every time you have stool with four, five, six stools a day. That's a lot of blood. So, you know, most people would go to the emergency room. This person went to the emergency room and said, this is what's going on. Well, because he wasn't lightheaded or faint or dizzy, they or his blood pressure wasn't high or low, they said, nah, go home. That was their solution. That was like, just go home. You're bleeding out of your anus. Yeah, go home. So that's when I got the SOS call. And this situation could have ended very badly. But we turned it around with good old-fashioned homeopathy. And um, a med I just think in my mind, this is not a reported case of a colonoscopy going south. This is definitely not a reported case. They didn't keep him in the hospital. And um, think of how many people have these sort of situations and um, don't know what to do when you're sent home. The thing is, if they didn't send him home, if they kept him there, they would have to do the colonoscopy all over again to go in and stop the bleeding. That's their solution to that problem. So it was um, it was an arduous few days to get this situation under control, but we kept at it with homeopathy and uh, helped this person turn the corner and they didn't step another foot into the, the hospital or the medical system. Now, there's about 14 to 15 million Americans who are screened for colon cancer each year, okay? 70,000 of these people, and these are the reported cases only, 70,000 of these people experience some degree of complication from the colonoscopy procedure. 15,000 of these people are significantly injured or die from the procedure. Now, this number, the 70K, the amount of people who experience some, some degree of complication after the colonoscopy, is quite literally higher than the number of deaths of, from people who die from colon cancer each year. Now, um, interesting, right? I firmly believe that more I know this, I, I know this deep in my bones and just from having an awareness of how the body responds to this, to what happens when you cut something out of the body. So when you cut something out of the body, 
it grows back faster and double, triple, quadruple. This test, I know for a fact, because of this reason, creates colon cancer as a result of this screening, of this test, especially the more you do it, the more you're going to see these polyps. And if they don't show up in your colon, then they'll show up somewhere else after this test. But here's why. When you cut something out of the body, as I just mentioned, it will grow back and it will grow back with greater volume than the original finding in most cases. This is a classic example. This family member who I'm talking about here had a colonoscopy three years ago, found polyps. That's why they had to go back three years now, today. And they cut the polyps out the first time. Well, there you go. No problem. So glad you came in. I mean, that was really proactive of you. They said, come back in three more years to retest. Here he comes back in. And most people get go go under for this. They they um are under anesthesia. Well, this person decided not to. He's badass. Um, but most people do, which has a whole other set of issues on the kidneys, the adrenals, the hormones, etc. But anyway, here he comes back in three three years later to retest. Goes back this time. More polyps are present and they're bigger. So glad you came in. This was really good to catch this. This is not the only example. They keep you in the system because the more you cut out, the more will grow back. There are literally thousands of people who have this very similar experience. Oh, and why did the bleeding occur? Because they go in with their little camera and scissors and they snip it out. And this can cause bleeding. You cut something, it's going to cause something to bleed. This can cause bleeding. So they create the disease that they say they're preventing. If we cut any tissue, there's an increased rate and degree volume at which it returns. Colon cancer kills about 50K people per year. Since the screening, colon cancer rates have increased by 30K per year. So if we just do the simple math, about 20K per year people-ish died of colon cancer. Now it's up 30K. So we're at 70K now. Of course, if we test more, we're gonna find more. And also the procedure itself is a breeding ground for cancer, for more growth. You cut out polyps, more polyps will grow back. They're not in your colon the next time. You better think about how your liver's doing, your spleen's doing. Colon cancer is notorious for metastasizing to the liver and or to the breast. So when you, if you've had this procedure, please be proactive about, I'm not saying to get those areas screened, but if you're symptomatic, Get somebody who can really help you address those symptoms. Okay, so not only this, but we have to add this part in because I mean, this is just, this is just, we can't leave this part out. The shit they make you drink before the procedure is literally just this, it's like a medical grade laxative 
filled with black mold. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> That's just dumb, right? To even think about it. And this isn't supposed to be doom or gloom. It's supposed to be a light bulb goes off in your head saying, huh, this is probably a really bad idea. You know, like this is probably there's there's got to be some better ways to go about this than what they're putting us through. And there there is there are a lot of better ways to go about this. So you have to drink this medical grade laxative that's extremely dehydrating to the cells and to the colon. It can cause extreme side effects that um, everything from dizziness to syncope, which is fainting, to, um, to literally stroke these, uh, to chronic gut disorders, these are the most commonly reported symptoms. Stroke is literally on that list. You see how this is going south more and more, <laughs> right? Not to mention this stuff that they make you drink completely destroys the gut microbiome. So it is not uncommon after somebody has a colonoscopy to see their health go down, their mental health, their, their gut health, their overall health. If you've had this procedure, please take measures to restore your gut microbiome, get in the sunlight RX. You know, th there's a lot of things that you need to do to help restore your health and your gut health after this procedure. Really important. Um, now, you might be wondering the black mold thing. So the preservative they use is this, it's a citric acid-based preservative. And um, this is actually derived from black mold. Um, yeah, you, you heard me right. So most people see the word citric acid and they think of like lemon juice and lemon zest and oh, how nice there's some vitamin C. I wish that were the case. It's rarely the case and it's definitely not the case. They're definitely not zesting lemons into your colonoscopy liquid, you know, drink. So um, they use it as a preservative and this, a lot of the citric acid that is added to our foods and crap like the colonoscopy liquid drink is derived from black mold. Um, now, I wanna mention this because it's a common ingredient in our food. So even if you see citric acid in your food, please don't assume it's from fresh squeezed lemons or lemon zest, um, unless it says, from fresh squeezed lemons. Citric acid is usually GMO. It can be derived from corn. It's And corn, what do we know, can be a, a, a real source, a common source of mold. They throw those things in the silo, they're GMO, they sit there forever, they get in humid and dank environments and they just, they're a breeding ground for mold when you don't store or use corn in, uh, in a correct way. So this is this is really important to know. Um, and I also want to mention I want to bring this 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 back because this thing about cutting things out of the body, of course, a colonoscopy isn't the only procedure we use to hey snip this polyp out of the body and go on your merry way and everything's fine. No, we do this in a lot of our other medical practices and call it medical screening or preventative medicine or whatever they want to call it. But this is the same thing that happens in cancer, in skin cancers. Um, 
So they go, they screen, oh, there's a spot on your face. Let's cut that out. You go back next year. Here's the spot back again. Um, or you've got, now you've got two spots. You see this cutting out is, is not a good idea unless it's absolutely the last thing to do. When we cut out, we set the stage for metastasis. And this is one of my biggest issues with this test. It's making people more sick, but they make it look like preventative medicine. Um, it, it's really a test that needlessly drags people into the system. And so let's get to the real nuts and bolts here. How do you actually prevent colon cancer? Just like you prevent every single other disease. Get your Sunlight Rx on, get your Sunlight Diet on, get your homeopathy on, get your mental health on, exercise, address your stress levels, be in healthy relationships, get to know your community, okay? Like, this is literally how we prevent every single disease. And we have to pay attention to our symptoms. You see, people don't go in for help, at least some people, until their symptoms get to an oh shit level. Even if you don't think you have symptoms, if you've had antibiotics, if you've suppressed an STD, if you've suppressed allergies, if you've taken um, medications, if you've undergone a, a trauma or been abused or been in a car accident, please reach out to somebody. <laughs> uh, hopefully like a, a community of people to help address these things before they blow up. Real preventative medicine is um, doing these things before you have cancer before you have a cardiac event, right? It's like, sometimes we can't prevent these things. When I was 23, I was in, you know, a really bad car accident and had a brain injury. If it wasn't for that event, something more drastic would have happened to change the trajectory of my life because I was not paying one bit of attention when I was 23 to my emotions and uh, to my uh, profession as a healer. Hell no, I have no, I was not. When you're in your 20s, what do you want to do? You, I mean, you know, you're not thinking, usually, typically, we're not thinking about these things. That event, changed my life and changed the trajectory of my life. So when we're faced with big healing crisis, it can also be an impetus, hey, to heal. But if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, hey, I'm doing pretty well, it can be a good time also to address things in a truly preventative way. There's always things we can do. And like I said, a foundation, everybody needs sunlight. Everybody needs a sunlight diet, you know, everybody can benefit from homeopathy. You know, these are foundational practices that will support our health. Everybody will benefit from stress reduction and um, be, being more in touch with their emotions and healing trauma. Who doesn't have trauma today? Everybody has some kind of trauma, right? So 
this is how we really prevent disease. Okay, so I hope that was helpful um, with regard to giving you some insight as to what's going on in the world. What, why are these people dropping suddenly from cardiac events? Um, what's the truth about colonoscopies and this quote unquote uh, preventative screening technique, right? Um, so share this podcast with others who won't, you know, might be open to this information and looking for community, looking for deeper healing, looking for deeper insights. Share this with somebody who's considering getting a colonoscopy and say, hey, mom, before you do that, listen to this crazy lady, Heather, on her podcast and just take a listen as to what she has to say about this before diving into this procedure. Okay, so next week, um, I believe I will be talking about a really important topic aren't they all but i this uh, this one is all going to be all about oxalates and that's i won't say a lot about it but i will just say for the love of god the oxalates are not the issue there's some deeper issues going on so let's bring some awareness to this topic that uh, a lot of people are missing out on some really delicious food because of the oxalate myth. And even if you have symptoms after eating oxalate-rich foods, I'm gonna talk about why and what you can do about it. I'll see you then. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. To learn more about my approach to health, to see all of my creations in the kitchen and all of my Sunlight RX tips, you can follow me on the gram at sunlight underscore RX and subscribe to this podcast to access weekly episodes.